0: Hello, we're about to read 1 Samuel chapter 17. Now this is the longest chapter in the book of 1 Samuel. It's twice as long as the average other chapter, so hang in there as we read. Now the Philistines gathered together their armies to battle, and they were gathered together at Soko, which belongs to Judah, and encamped between Soko and Azekah in Ephedazmin. Saul and the men of Israel were gathered together and encamped in the valley of Elah, and set the battle in array against the Philistines. The Philistines stood on the mountain on the one side, and Israel stood on the mountain on the other side, and there was a valley between them. A champion out of the camp of the Philistines named Goliath of Gath, whose height was six cubits and a span, went out. He had a helmet of bronze on his head, and he wore a coat of mail, and the weight of the coat was five thousand shekels of bronze, He had bronze shin armor on his legs and a bronze javelin between his shoulders. The staff of his spear was like a weaver's beam, and his spearhead weighed six hundred shekels of iron. His shield-bearer went before him. He stood and cried to the armies of Israel and said to them, Why have you come out to set your battle in array? Am I not a Philistine, and you, servants to Saul? Choose a man for yourselves and let him come down to me. If he is able to fight with me and kill me, then we will be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, then you will be our servants and serve us. The Philistines said, I defy the armies of Israel today. Give me a man that we may fight together. When Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistine, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Now David was the son of an Ephrathite of Bethlehem, Judah, whose name was Jesse, and he had eight sons. The man was an elderly old man in the days of Saul. The three oldest sons of Jesse had gone after Saul to the battle, and the names of his three sons who went to the battle were Eliab, the firstborn, and next to him Abinadab, and the third Shammah. David was the youngest, and the three oldest followed Saul. Now David went back and forth from Saul to feed his father's sheep at Bethlehem. The Philistine came near morning and evening and presented himself forty days. Jesse said to David his son, Now take for your brothers an ephah of this parched grain, and these ten loaves, and carry them quickly to the camp to your brothers. And bring these ten cheeses to the captain of their thousand, and see how your brothers are doing, and bring back news. Now Saul and they and all the men of Israel were in the valley of Elah, fighting with the Philistines. David rose up early in the morning and left the sheep with a keeper and took the provisions and went as Jesse had commanded him. He came to the place of the wagons as the army which was going out to the fight shouted for the battle. Israel and the Philistines put the battle in array army against army. David left his baggage in the hand of the keeper of the baggage and ran to the army and came and greeted his brothers. As he talked with them, Behold, the champion, the Philistine of Gath, Goliath by name, came up out of the ranks of the Philistines and said the same words, and David heard them. All the men of Israel, when they saw the man, fled from him and were terrified. The men of Israel said, Have you seen this man who has come up? He has surely come up to defy Israel. The king will give great riches to the man who kills him, and will give him his daughter and will make his father's house tax-free in Israel. David spoke to the men who stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? The people answered him in this way, saying, So shall it be done to the man who kills him. Eliab, his oldest brother, heard when he spoke to the men, And Eliab's anger burned against David, and he said, Why have you come down? With whom have you left those few sheep in the wilderness? I know your pride and the evil of your heart, for you have come down that you might see the battle. David said, What have I done now? Is there not a cause? He turned away from him toward another and spoke like that again, and the people answered him again the same way. When the words were heard which David spoke, They rehearsed them before Saul, and he sent for him. David said to Saul, Let no man's heart fail because of him. Your servant will go and fight with the Philistine. Saul said to David, You are not able to go against this Philistine to fight with him, for you are but a youth, and he is a man of war from his youth. David said to Saul, Your servant was keeping his father's sheep And when a lion or a bear came and took a lamb out of the flock, I went out after him, struck him, and rescued it out of his mouth. When he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, struck him, and killed him. Your servant struck both the lion and the bear. This uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, since he has defied the armies of the living God. David said, Yahweh who delivered me out of the paw of the lion and out of the paw of the bear, will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. Saul said to David, Go, Yahweh will be with you. Saul dressed David with his clothing. He put a helmet of bronze on his head and he clad him with a coat of mail. David strapped his sword on his clothing and tried to move, for he had not tested it. David said to Saul, I can't go with these, for I have not tested them. Then David took them off. He took his staff in his hand and chose for himself five smooth stones out of the brook, and put them in the pouch of his shepherd's bag, which he had. His sling was in his hand, and he came near to the Philistine. The Philistine walked and came near to David, and the man who bore the shield went before him. When the Philistine looked around and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, and ruddy, and had a good-looking face. The Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come to me with sticks? The Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the sky and to the animals of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and with a javelin, but I come to you in the name of Yahweh of armies, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defiled. Today, Yahweh will deliver you into my hand. I will strike you and take your head from off you. I will give the dead bodies of the army of the Philistines today to the birds of the sky and to the wild animals of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that Yahweh doesn't save with sword or spear, for the battle is Yahweh's, and he will give you into our hand. When the Philistine arose and walked and came near to meet David, David hurried and ran towards the army to meet the Philistine. David put his hand in his bag, took a stone and slung it, and struck the Philistine in his forehead. The stone sunk into his forehead and he fell onto his face to the earth. So David prevailed over the Philistine with a sling and with a stone and struck the Philistine and killed him. But there was no sword in David's hand. Then David ran, stood over the Philistine, took his sword, drew it out of his sheath, killed him and cut off his head with it. When the Philistines saw that their champion was dead, they fled. The men of Israel and of Judah arose and shouted and pursued the Philistines as far as Gai and to the gates of Ekron. The wounded of the Philistines fell down by the way to Shaaraim and to Gath and to Ekron. The children of Israel returned from chasing the Philistines, and they plundered their camp. David took the head of the Philistine and brought it to Jerusalem, but he put his armor in his tent. When Saul saw David go out against the Philistine, he said to Abner the captain of the youth, Abner, whose son is this youth? Abner said, As your soul lives, O king, I can't tell. The king said, Inquire whose son the young man is. As David returned from the slaughter of the Philistines, Abner took him and brought him before Saul, the head of the Philistine, in his hand. Saul said to him, whose son are you, young man? David answered, I am the son of your servant Jesse, the Bethlehemite. It's a great chapter. (laughs) Who doesn't love the story of David and Goliath and one of the most well-known of all the Bible stories? If you think about it, it's a bit strange that a story like this of one-on-one combat should become one of the most famous of all the bible stories but it is a great story you have to admit now this chapter it's the longest one in one and two samuel and goliath he is mentioned here and there's also another goliath mentioned in second samuel 21 verse 19 not the same goliath some people got confused some people even thought the bible you know they were just making stuff up and calling different people goliath no you know, there are a lot of people with the same name. Like, you think of my name, David. How many Davids are there in the world? <laughs> well, in the ancient world, particularly in the land of the Philistines, there were a lot of Goliaths. And, seems to be, several of the giants were called Goliath. So, it's not a mistake that it's there twice. It's two different Goliaths. And, um, in fact, Goliath had a number of um, brothers, sons, family relatives, and they were all giants. And, uh, in this story, there's a, a point where David gets five stones out of the brook and apparently goliath had uh it's either four sons or four brothers depending on which you know commentator or which preacher you listen to but some people say oh david got five stones out so he could get goliath and get the other four (laughs) I, i mean it sounds great it's very motivating when you listen to preachers especially black american preachers they get all excited you know those other four stones you know well i i don't think that that was it <laughs> I think that the number five it's a wonderful number and it's symbolic of grace and I think when David pulled five stones out of the brook I think in the moment that he actually pulled those five stones out of the brook I think what he was thinking of was just practical I think he thought if I miss I have another go <laughs> I mean he knew what he was doing and he was a great slingshot slingshotter slingshot opponent sling I'm not sure what you call someone that uses a slingshot but he was good at it as a shepherd as a boy you know looking after the sheep he had nothing much to do except practice using his slingshot and he was good at it and you know people think that going into this battle David was at a disadvantage well I don't think he was at a disadvantage I think he had a huge advantage he had the the advantage of mobility because he wasn't weighed down with armor and he could get around quick. But Goliath is weighed down with all that armor and he couldn't get around quick, it was heavy. So David had the ability to stay out of reach and take shots at him, (laughs) and he was good at it. Imagine, you know, today, someone comes against you, it doesn't matter how big they are, if you've got a rifle, you can pop them off. Well, David had the old fashioned equivalent of a rifle and he knew it, he knew he was good at it, plus he knew the Lord was on his side. If you think about, we've been going through the Bible chapters, and it was only a few chapters ago that David was anointed to be the king. Remember that? Well, David here knows he's going to be the king one day. He knows the Lord's with him. He knows he's not going to die. He knows the Lord's looking after him because he's going to become the king one day, and he probably thinks that the Lord's brought him to this moment specifically to do this. He probably thinks all of that stuff, and he's so full of faith and he's plus he's good at the slingshot, he knows he's gonna get him. He just knows. And so I think he just gets five rocks thinking, well, if I miss with the first one, I'll get him with the next. So it's, it's one of those quirky coincidences that, that you know Goliath has four brothers or four sons, whichever it is. But I also think in here there's a number. It's, he could have picked six or four or seven rocks, but he pulls out five, and I think the Lord is giving us, that he's showing us it's the number of grace And this is how David wins this battle. It's by the grace of God. And this is how we defeat all our giants. You know, in your life and in my life, we often come across giants. And of course you should be afraid of giants (laughs) because they're big. But, you know, but at the same time, you shouldn't be afraid of them because you've got grace and the Lord's going to help you. And you know from your past history that the Lord is with you. He's taking you somewhere. So you know you're going to get past this giant. The only question is how? Well, I'll tell you how, by grace. And that's what the five rocks out of the brook means. Now, if we go way back in Israelite history, there's a point before where Israelites were afraid of giants. And this is when they'd come out of Egypt. They'd sent the 12 spies into the promised land. And the spies came back saying, oh, the land is wonderful, but they're giants. And we can't beat them. And they're afraid. But two of the spies were not afraid, Joshua and Caleb. And so they said, no, the Lord's going to help us. But all of Israel believed what the 10 said and not what the two said. You'll remember that, we covered that in the book of Numbers. Well now, we're in the exact same spot. There's a giant, this time there's only one giant. The land isn't full of giants, there's only one. But all of Israel is afraid, except for one person. Back in Numbers, there were two people that were not afraid, but here, there's only one. (laughs) But David, he goes out and he gets his man. Thank God, and it's so wonderful. This is a great, great story, and it's so full. It's not only historical, but it's so full of wonderful meanings for us. For example, you know Goliath, he's he's challenging them for forty days. Well, that's the num- biblical number that represents testing. So Israel was being tested. Were they going to trust God? Well, it turns out they failed. But the Lord had raised up someone that succeeded. And so the Lord tests us too. He puts giants in our way on purpose to test us. And so we're supposed to trust him. We're supposed to look at him and believe. Whatever your giant is right now, I encourage you to do that. So there's so many wonderful things in this story of David and Goliath. For example, David leaves a few sheep to go and, and to take the cheese and the bread and all of that to the battlefield on behalf of his father. And whenever I used to read this thing about the few sheep, I always used to think of what the Lord had called me to do. When I first started pastoring, I was up in Mount Morgan and it was a small congregation. At first, there was only three people. Then there was none, but then later there was five, later there was 10, at one point there was 40. But I always realized, you know, I've just got a few sheep. It's David and here's my sheep (laughs) that the Lord has given me. And I always saw myself in this story as David. But, you know, each of us, the Lord has given a few sheep. It doesn't matter if you're a pastor, in which case you know you're a shepherd, but even if you're not a pastor, the Lord gives everyone a few sheep to take care of. These are people in the body of Christ around you, and you're supposed to care for them and love them and serve them. We're all pastors to one extent or of another because we've all been called by the Lord to love our fellow brothers and to love our fellow sisters. Now, there's some interesting facts about this story there are other old documents now one of them is called the Targum now the Targum is a Jewish translation of the Old Testament in Aramaic and in the Targum there are some differences to the, to the other Bible to the Bible that we're familiar with and the Targum now I, I don't think the Targum is the is the accurate version the Targum wasn't produced until like a thousand years later after Jesus like 900 AD or something like that so it's kind of old And some things have been added in there which I suspect have come from Jewish tradition and other stuff. But it's interesting. In the Targum version of this story, Goliath stands up and he says, I am the one who killed Hophni and Phinehas the priests, and I am the one who took the Ark of the Covenant into captivity and took it to the temple of Dagon my God. And Goliath claims to have been the person that did all of these things. So that's interesting. (laughs) I don't know if that's true or not, and I suspect it probably isn't true. I suspect he was probably saying just a lot of things to sound like to sound intimidating. And if you think about it, he was there for forty days, saying things day after day after day, and they were just getting afraid. I suspect he just said a lot of things. And um, but if he did say that, it's certainly very interesting. Now in this story, David gets very interested in the reward. <laughs> And so, you know, because he, he says, What's going to be done for the man who kills this Philistine? And he wants to know what's the reward. And the reward's a pretty good one. He gets given a tax-free status, he gets given riches, and he gets given the king's daughter in marriage. Now you think about that, you're getting you're marrying into the royal family. There's lurks and perks that come with that. You get fame from doing that. You also, you know, to be tax free, that's pretty good and riches so all you know there's a lot of incentives there he's interested in the incentives and some people have said that david only did this because of you know false motivation no it's not true at all david was motivated by the, what mattered to the lord and he said in this story is there not a cause and now i don't know about you but there's been plenty of times in my life where i've heard someone say something derogatory about the lord now, Goliath was doing this. He was standing up and defying the Lord. And there's been plenty of times I've heard someone defy the Lord, and I've been annoyed by it. Now, you get really annoyed when it's someone in church who should know better, but that doesn't happen all that often. Usually, it's someone out there in the world that says something nasty about Jesus, and they're speaking mostly out of ignorance. And I just want to jump in and sort it out. Sometimes it's appropriate, and sometimes I got to bite my tongue and be wise. But I'm not, I don't have that attitude because of false motives. I just want to sort that out because I know what's right and it matters. And that's what David's doing here. He says, is there not a cause? He's annoyed. But at the same time, he's gonna sort this out. He's interested in the reward. You imagine that you were annoyed by something and you wanted it sorted, but then you found out, well, hang on, I'm gonna get rewarded if I get involved. That's great too. <laughs> You're gonna do it even if there's no reward, but the reward is certainly interesting and you would wanna know what it was. And that's what we've got here. And I think David's also interested because he's, he knows he's been called to be the king, he's been anointed, and he realizes, oh, he, he thinks, and I'm assuming he thinks, the Lord is in this. The Lord's opening a door for me. So he wants to deal with it anyway, but I think he realizes in the moment, wow, the Lord is opening a door for me. So, a couple more things. Um, some people think David is just a little teenager at this point. Now, it's possible that he that he was a teenager, like a young teenager, like 13 or 14. It is possible, and in all the Sunday school stories, they do show that. You know, he's just a little boy, and, and when he goes to try on Saul's armour, the armour is too big, and it doesn't fit. So that's the, the way all the Sunday school stories portray it. I think he was probably more like 18, 19, or 20 at this point. Probably 18 or 19. In the Israelite um, nation, you couldn't join the army until you were 20. So he's not old enough to be in the army, but I think he probably um, had a beard. He was probably youthful. Um, if you remember in the previous chapters, that David actually played the harp for for Saul in his palace. So Saul might not have known him personally, in fact, I don't think Saul knew him personally because Saul asks at the end, you know, who, who is the, you know, who's the son of this? And he wanted to know who was his family. So Saul was trying to find out. But he had actually played the harp for Saul previously. And I guess, you know, Saul had a lot of people working for him, probably hundreds, didn't know who they all were. But here was this young boy playing the harp. But this is later. This is a couple of years later, it seems. And David's probably gotten a bit bigger, got a bit of a beard starting, but he's still a youth. And so um, at least what I'm saying to you is, is one of the things that a number of Bible commentators think is correct. There's another theory, and that is that, that after David was anointed, he killed the giant first and then played the harp for, for Saul second, and then the, the stories in the Bible are just in the wrong order. That could be true too, but I don't think it's the case. So um, I don't think David was as as outnumbered or the odds were as against him as we all think. I think he was very capable and he was very full of faith and I think his victory was guaranteed. The Lord was with him and he knew with 100% certainty he was gonna win that battle. In fact, he ran towards the giant. He knew he had him. And David here is a picture of Jesus. He's a symbol of Christ. When Christ came into the world, he looked weak. He just took on the form of a man and as a human, even the devil thought he was weak. The devil thought he had him, but the Lord's victory over Satan was guaranteed. It was certain, and the Lord knew it. <laughs> uh, but it's a shame, you know. Goliath was shocked in the moment that he got hit in the head. He was knocked out instantly. He had no time to be surprised. He was just done. But the devil, <laughs> he has just been outwitted, and he's so shocked. And um, and this is a, just a picture of what Christ has done and the surprise on the devil's face if there was such a thing. You just can't imagine it. And so this is not the chapter. Now, David was brave. There's no doubt about it. And everyone else was, was, a, was afraid. And we read the story and we think how brave he was. There's no doubt about it. He was brave. But this is not a story about victory against all odds. This is a story about the Lord being with him and giving him a victory that was 100% guaranteed. And if you and I walk with the Lord and we're in the Lord's will, the Lord will bring us through things, and our overcoming is 100% guaranteed, no doubt about it. So Lord, we thank you for the story of David and Goliath. We thank you that you are with him. I thank you that you're with us. We're so grateful to God for all you do. And Lord, we bring before you this morning our giants. and I thank you they are no match for you. They are match for us in our own natural abilities, but Lord, you're with us. So I pray you'd increase our faith. Let our eyes be on the Lord. Bring us through. Bring us to overcoming, we pray in the name of Jesus. Amen.